because that same night, God had burst into the lives of Mary and Joseph and revealed himself as a baby boy. This is the incarnation of God. That little baby in the manger wasn't speaking any words that night, but he was the Word. That's how John talks about the incarnation. The Word became flesh. He burst into our world to reveal himself to us. That's what words do, is, is they reveal. So God speaks to us with words that we can hear and understand, and he speaks clearly and comprehensively of who he is. He came from the Father, full of grace and truth. The incarnate God in the manger is the Word reveals who he is. The following is a sermon from Peace Lutheran, a church located in downtown Aiken, South Carolina. For more information and for more content, go to peaceinaiken.com. We read from Exodus chapter 33 and 34. Then Moses said, Now show me your glory. The Lord said, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you, and I will proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But, he said, you cannot see my face, for no one may see me and live. Then the Lord said, there is a place near me where you may stand on a rock. When my glory passes by, I will put you in a cleft in the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will remove my hand and you will see my back, but my face must not be seen. The Lord said to Moses, chisel out two stone tablets like the first ones and I will write on them the words that were on the first tablets which you broke. Be ready in the morning and then come up on Mount Sinai. Present yourself to me there on top of the mountain. No one is to come with you or be seen anywhere on the mountain. Not even the flocks and herds may graze in front of the mountain. So Moses chiseled out two stone tablets like the first ones and went up Mount Sinai early in the morning as the Lord had commanded him. And he carried the two stone tablets in his hands. Then the Lord came down in the cloud and stood there with him and proclaimed his name, the Lord. And he passed in front of Moses, proclaiming, The Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands, and forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. Yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. He punishes the children and their children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation. This is God's word. So this is the first Sunday here at church that I'm flying solo without pastor here. And before he left town, he filled me in on a couple of things just to make sure that I was ready to go. And as it turns out, Unlike for the Christmas Eve worship service, he didn't say anything about overflow seating. He didn't, he didn't say what to do in case we ran out of chairs for this morning. 
And that, that's sort of expected on this Sunday. I didn't expect to preach this sermon to quite the same size crowds as we had gathered here on Christmas Eve night. But December 26th still matters. This sermon still matters because the importance of a sermon is not determined by the size of the audience who's listening. God preached just about the greatest sermon ever. And do you know how many people were there? Just one. Moses. And in this sermon, it's all about the preacher. It's all about God. As Israel was starting this new life outside of Egypt, God was revealing himself to Israel, who he was. And in this text, God reveals himself to Moses in a profound way and at a very crucial time. Right after Israel had made one of their biggest blunders ever. And so this revelation to Moses helps us to think about how God reveals himself to us. He reveals himself to us in the manger. And we call that the incarnation of God. When God took on flesh and became a man. The incarnation of God reveals him. It reveals who he is. It reveals what he does. And it also reveals where he goes. The incarnation of God reveals who he is. Moses was climbing up the mountain, and it wasn't the first time that he had climbed up there. Further below on the mountain somewhere were those crumbled bits of the Ten Commandments that he had thrown down when he saw those golden calves. And even further down below the mountain yet were the crushed hearts of the Israelites who had bowed down to these golden calves. Things weren't looking so good for Israel. Moses had seen what God had done with the nation of Egypt, and so he knew what God was capable of. But how would God deal with his people, Israel? God didn't want to leave Moses wondering. He didn't want Moses wondering whether or not this God, who said he was going to bring them to the promised land, was actually going to, or whether he was just going to drop them in the desert. He wanted Moses to trust who he was, who he says he is. And so God gives Moses something to trust. He doesn't wait and let Moses try and figure it out for himself, but he bursts into Moses' world with all of his goodness. He doesn't bring Moses up into the heavens and show him there, but he comes down in a cloud. He passes in front of Moses and he proclaims his name. He bursts into Moses' world with really one of the greatest sermons ever preached. He speaks to Moses with words that he can hear and understand. And he doesn't want Moses to be mistaken who he is, so he speaks clearly. He speaks comprehensively, revealing himself to be a God who is a relational God. Look at, look at the descriptions. They're all relational descriptions of God. You can't be compassionate unless you're compassionate towards another person. And so God is compassionate and gracious toward his people. He is slow in getting angry. 
at his people. And he's abounding in love and faithfulness for his people. Do you see that God wants to show you who he is? Now, this is a profound truth, really, because a lot of people in the world will say that you need to go and find God, and you need to figure out who he is exactly. They'll even go so far as to say that it doesn't really matter who God is, because all religions are, they're going to this one mountain peak, and it doesn't really matter which path you take to get there, it's all going to the same place. But you know there's only one God on top of the mountain. And his name is the Lord. And it matters tremendously who he is. And that's why he takes matters into his own hands to reveal who he is to you. And he does this across the pages of scripture. He bursts into people's worlds and he reveals who he is. He knocks on Abraham's door uninvited for lunch And he promises that he's going to have a son. He reveals himself to Jacob in the middle of the night in a dream. As Jacob is sleeping with a pillow, with a rock for a pillow rather. And he reveals himself to Moses in a burning bush as Moses was just shepherding his flocks. And God reveals himself to some other shepherds who are keeping watch over their flocks by night. Because that same night, God had burst into the lives of Mary and Joseph and revealed himself as a baby boy. This is the incarnation of God. That little baby in the manger wasn't speaking any words that night, but he was the word. That's how John talks about the incarnation. The word became flesh. He burst into our world to reveal himself to us. That's what words do, is is they reveal. And so God speaks to us with words that we can hear and understand, and he speaks clearly and comprehensively of who he is. He came from the Father, full of grace and truth. The incarnate God in the manger is the Word who reveals who he is. Not only does this God reveal who he is, but he reveals what he does. And that's what makes this sermon so great. God reveals that he is a God who forgives sins. Do you think Moses yawned at that sermon? I highly doubt it for two reasons. First, this is the first time that God explicitly reveals himself to be a God who forgives sins. And he doesn't just say he forgives sins, but he forgives wickedness, rebellion, and sin. This is a point that God is driving home. And secondly, Moses, he was in touch with reality. He knew what a terrible, awful situation the nation of Israel was in. He knew just how egregious their idolatry had been. They had tried to rob God of his glory. Do you know how frustrating it feels when you have this really good idea, but then someone else takes credit for it? Or 
Maybe you whisper this joke that you think is really funny to someone else, and then they say it just a little bit louder, and then everyone else laughs. That can be so frustrating. And that's what we have here, but on a much grander scale. The Israelites had witnessed with their own eyes. They had seen the powerful hand of God deliver them from the clutches of Egypt. And then the Israelites make these golden calves with their hands and they say, here are our gods. These are the gods who delivered us out of Egypt. It's wicked. It's, it's rebellious. It is sin right in front of God's face. And so these Israelites who bowed down to these idols that they made with their hands, God should have taken his hands and wiped them off the face of the earth. And yet here we see that God wipes all their sins away. What we have here in Exodus is more than just an announcement. That's what makes this sermon so beautiful, is because God says that he is a God who punishes sin. And he certainly does punish sin, but he also reveals that he's a forgiving God. And so this mystery, this apparent contradiction of a God who is holy and just and who punishes sins, and a God who is compassionate and gracious, who forgives sins, that mystery, we see it in the manger. And swaddling clothes wrapped around a little baby boy. Because the incarnate God in the manger is Jesus. That's what the angel told Joseph that the baby would be named. Jesus. Because he would save his people from their sins. God took on flesh because he doesn't just will sins away. What we have here in Exodus is really more than just an announcement because the forgiveness of sins requires action. It requires the shedding of blood. Read through Exodus. Read through Leviticus. Read about that Day of Atonement and see how much blood is really being shed because of sin. And if, if we're being honest with ourselves, if we are in touch with the reality of our sin, then we realize that it's also our blood that should be shed. And so the announcement of the forgiveness of sins on Sunday morning is not an announcement to yawn at. I think that's sometimes how we can react to it. Week after week, we hear that forgiveness. And it can happen where it's something we hear one moment and then forget it the next. But these words aren't empty words. They are rooted in God's eternal plan of salvation. They're anchored in divine action. It's the giving of the son. It's the birth of a child. It's the pouring out of judgment from the father on that innocent son. And it's that gracious love that extends through thousands of generations to you this morning. God took on flesh and blood so that he could shed his blood for you. The incarnate God in the manger is Jesus who saves you from your sins. And finally, this incarnation reveals where God goes. This is what Moses 
really needed to know. He needed to know whether or not God was going to go with them from Mount Sinai to the promised land. He needed to know beyond a doubt that Sinai was not where God stopped. Because if God stopped there, the chances of Israel getting to the promised land, that was more than just an unlikelihood. It was a complete impossibility. But God didn't give up on his people. He continues to go with them wherever they go. Even though God had already given Moses the Ten Commandments, here we see God giving him those Ten Commandments again. And even though God had entered into this covenant relationship with his people, and his people had rebelled against him, here we see God renewing that covenant. God goes with his people wherever they go. Today is December 26th. And just like that, Christmas Day is over. All those days of anticipation that were leading up to Christmas, and then it comes to a halting stop. It can feel like the celebration of our incarnate God is somewhat of a fleeting moment. We rejoice on the 24th and the 25th that Christ is dwelling with his people. And then the 26th rolls around and it feels like we're sort of back to reality. We're looking at the new year and, well, we had our moment with Jesus at the manger, but now it's back to tackling life all alone. But the incarnate God in the manger is called Emmanuel. That's what the prophet Isaiah had foretold he would be called, is Emmanuel, God with us. And this isn't just a name reserved for the baby in the manger. These words are on Jesus' lips right before he ascends into heaven. He says, surely I will be with you always, to the very end of the age. And so God isn't done with us on December 24th or December 25th, but he continues to go with us. His presence doesn't stop at the manger. As we're looking into 2022, whatever journey you have waiting for you there, God is going to be by your side. He's not going to leave you. He didn't leave you for a moment here in 2021. And he's certainly not going to in the year ahead. And he wants you to know that. That's why he reveals himself to you. That's why he shows who he is. That he is a God who forgives sins. Because he wants you to trust that he will always be with you. That's what he told Moses on the mountain. And the words of that sermon, they were only heard by Moses. Only Moses was in the cleft of the rock. And the baby in the manger, he was only seen by one man, one woman, and a handful of shepherds. They were the only ones at the stable. But we can join in praising our incarnate God. Because this morning, the word was heard by a handful of people here in Aiken, South Carolina. And we can say, we have seen his glory. The glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth.
Amen. Let's pray. Dear Lord, incarnate God, we praise you for revealing yourself to us. We thank you for being our Savior and revealing yourself in the manger. Continue to go with us every day of our lives as we sing your praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.